and I screamed in his face from two inches away about, you will give me my bags, you will give me my belongings, like you put our lives in danger. And all of a sudden, dudes with semi-automatics all around us. Welcome to Not So Bon Voyage, the podcast all about when shit goes wrong on the road. This is our Voyager chat series, where we interview travelers about their wildest travel stories. We're your hosts. I'm Christine. I'm Jules. And you just heard from our guest on the show today, Rachel Rudwall. Rachel is a badass adventure traveler who documents her travels on her website and social media at Rachel Roams. Today, she's telling us a couple of transformative stories from her travels, like the time getting food poisoning in Patagonia taught her a lesson in humility and how a car wreck in Turkey taught her to trust her gut. Let's get into it. Hey there, Voyagers. We are here with Rachel Rudwall. Rachel is a travel TV host, producer, writer, photographer, but most of all, she's an adventure traveler. Through her travels, Rachel has paraglided with a hawk, climbed Kilimanjaro, and gone scuba diving with bull sharks cage-free. Damn, Rachel, that is quite a resume. Thanks so much for coming on and talking to us today. Let's kick off today's episode with you telling the Voyagers a little bit about yourself and your travels. Thanks for having me. You did a great job. I think you know, <laughs> that's it. Okay, next question. <laughs> yeah, you summed it up. Yeah, I like the world a lot, and it is fun and exciting to do things that get us out of our comfort zones. You know, we all have stuff that that uh, makes us nervous, things that give us the heebie-jeebies. But I do like to say, "Why not?" and just do the thing. I love that mantra. Why not? That's Why a not? good strategy yeah. in life. And that's Why when not? you get the good stories as well, which we're looking forward to yeah. talking about today. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot of these stories from asking why not. I bet, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Sweet. and I think that's what we've found as well with these chats is that the, the why nots and the, those stories, like they're the ones that are the most interesting stories, which is why we started the Not So Bon Voyage podcast to hear people's why not stories because that's when like something went wrong and they like got the best story to tell about it and they're the ones that they want to tell people about and uh, yeah, they're definitely the ones people take home and, and cherish in memory, you know. Yeah, totally. and, and I have a, a motto that everything in life is either a good experience or a good story later. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's an amazing day. If you get both in one, you are winning. But even the worst, the, the darkest, the most challenging moments of our lives can become really fascinating stories. Um, it just matters how you look back on those experiences and you say like, wow, I learned a lot that day. Yeah, 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 I cried, I was stressed out, I was frustrated. Yeah. But then when you can finally let it all go, all the trauma. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, wow, that was cool. Like I really grew yeah. or I really like changed my mindset or I got stronger. I realized that there was a strength inside me that I didn't have. Absolutely. Yep, yeah. Or I learned why not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I learned that I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Very specific why not on that one. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. there's an actual reason why you shouldn't do yeah, things. Yeah. But uh-huh, you gotta learn uh-huh. for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We'll we'll you guys at home, thank you so much for tuning in. We will do the heavy lifting for you. We will teach you what to look out for. Yeah. And why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> All right. Let's jump into five quick questions before uh, we warm up into the main stories. These are not so fab five and and we're going to start off with what is the worst thing that you've ever eaten on your travels? The worst thing I've ever eaten on my travels is putrefied shark. It Ooh. is the Icelandic tradition. If you 
have an opportunity to travel to Iceland or talk with somebody from Iceland, it's a thing that a lot of people eat. It's uh, this particular type of shark, if I remember correctly, is Greenland shark. It's toxic to humans. But back in the day, there was not that much food in Iceland. So somebody somewhere figured out, well, if I bury this shark and it rots and it goes bad, it actually releases enough of the toxins that it becomes sustenance. But I will tell you what, it is like the texture of rubber tires meets the flavor profile of battery acid. Yum. And they wash it down with like a licorice liquor. Oh, oh I favorite. hate licorice. That sounds even Me worse. too. It's a hard time. Oh, that sounds so rough. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I'm just, not a fan. I just would love to know, like, how, like, who experimented first and tried that? And just, like, what is the learning, like, what is the process yeah. of working out, like, okay, so this, that killed Johnny. So what if we buried it and then maybe it's okay, like, in 10 days? <laughs> it's the It's the equivalent of like me being from the Midwest is the equivalent of somebody in my area going like, watch this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Whatever explodes, you know, somebody did that in Iceland. And, you know, a lot of people are alive because of it, presumably because they had a food source, but who, no thanks. Uh, A bit of trial and error at the start, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wow. is that so that is that a considered a delicacy? Is it kind of wrapped up in some kind of ritual, or is it just a a snack? A snack. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's just a snack. I mean, you can get it at restaurants and cafes and stuff like that. I think it's probably something that the old timers might eat, and so might the tourists. Yeah, you know. Okay, yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess everybody has their their cultural things. I mean, I I can eat Vegemite out of the jar, and that usually makes, that makes people <laughs> disgusting. It's uh, a, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. Do you do it with butter? Is that are you a with butter type of a human? <laughs> yeah, He'll do I mean, like a spoon in the jar situation, like a whole spoonful, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's not good. <laughs> I'm willing to try again. It was not my thing, but I will always try foods multiple times unless i had a really really bad experience i'll try it again yeah you need the right ratio that's the the vegemite about the ratio my ratio right. of vegemite is zero <laughs> <laughs> no i'm with you so far yeah. <laughs> okay our next question is a little bit controversial but what has been your least favorite country you visited I am going to tell you the most difficult country that I've visited Okay, because everybody has such a different experience that for me personally, this is one of the countries I most looked forward to as well. India was really difficult. Mm. It was difficult for a lot of reasons. One, it's very densely populated. And so there's really kind of a survival mode going on where it's crowded, it's busy, everybody's trying to just make it through in a lot of contexts. And so that happens in a New York city too. And you know, any big city and that kind of can be stressful to me who I grew up in green space. And so when I'm like surrounded by people just trying to get by, I'm like, ah, stress. But also being a blonde woman was very difficult. I was never not the target of attention, often negative attention. And so it gets really tricky quickly to not be able to blend in and kind of move through and go about your day. And um, also they have a very serious problem with gender-based violence in India. And so to be the subject of not only unwanted attention, but some really aggressive behavior was challenging. I was there with my now husband um, 
and had heard it can be tough for a woman traveling there, but the, the harassment and the, the very physical um, interactions that I had with men that were unwanted was tough. And I would say that there are many beautiful places and people and colors along the way, but it's a place that I ended up leaving the month um, that we had spent there and being like, I need to rest forever yeah. <laughs> after that. Mm, that was yeah. hard. Wow. Even that attention, even when you're wit- uh, accompanied by your um, then boyfriend, now husband. Yeah. Just full grabs. Wow. Wow. That's, we've heard it's a very, we've never been personally and it's somewhere that I think it's been very polarizing between people's opinions. And I think that does change depending on whether you're a woman or whether you are a white woman with blonde hair and, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's such a a difference to their culture. And we've, we have heard from a lot of people that that can be quite a difficult thing uh, for travelers, especially solo female travelers. We've heard a lot of trouble there. Yeah, it's a um in certain ways there the way media portrayals of romance and things like that. I remember learning that they're very repressive. So if you watch a Bollywood love story, there will be all this romantic lead up and then you can never see the moment that they kiss. And there's all this kind of built up tension in addition to a long history of femicide where girls aren't wanted. And from the moment they're born, they're, they're often considered a curse on the family. You can still hear that in, in all sorts of interviews with whether it's famous female intellects or chefs or creators from India. So when you have those different levels of um, gender hierarchy, and then you're an outsider kind of getting plopped into it, it's hard to navigate it. And of course, I imagine very difficult for women who are there to navigate it as well, because they're not considered equals um, historically and in the present day by a lot of people within the the country. Mm. Yeah, we've heard visiting India can be very confronting. And it's kind of this fine line between wanting to push your outside of your comfort zone while you're traveling Mm. and see these challenging places. But then also, if you're worried about your physical safety, and you're just constantly stressed about, you know, literally people invading your personal space, then at what point is like, I had enough, like, I don't want to handle this anymore. So yeah. And, and again, I mean, there are so many beautiful things about the place. I mean, the history, the, the, all the beautiful, colorful saris that women wear. I don't understand how a woman can look so elegant as an Indian woman who's just walking across rows and rows of traffic on a dusty, hot day. I mean, the food I would eat every day of my life if I could. Um, but I would say I'd be interested to return to go up to the Himalaya to go to a less densely populated mm-hmm. region. Um, we stayed with friends who were living in India when we visited, but I'd be interested to return with a friend of mine who is from India and see if the experience might be different, you know, staying with a family and things like that. You have such a different perspective when you're with somebody who's from there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Mm. And yeah, maybe getting out of the cities and. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, okay. So what is the most overrated landmark or attraction that you've visited? A little bit less intense than uh, country. <laughs> I get so exhausted. Any place that people just go to take a selfie and tick it off the list. <laughs> we are the problem, everybody. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> it's not the landmark so much as the people who are like, been there, done that, and like click, click, or like someone takes a picture of them. And just because you've stood in front of the thing means you've experienced it. We're all guilty of it at some point, mm-hmm. and I include myself in the mix. But that for me is what is 
overrated is saying that you've experienced and lived and had this big adventure when, when you're just really kind of looking at the list and going, what is a thing that I've seen say on Instagram and I know it'll get me likes and then I'm just going to go about my day when instead you could go and be like, what is this place? Where are we? Like, what is all this? Um, so I, I would pose kind of a different question. How can we be better explorers so that we don't think it's the landmark that's overrated because it's usually our behavior? Mm. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good perspective because it is like a lot of the people who have answered that question have usually said like those iconic things like the Eiffel Tower is probably winning at this stage. Most people mm. have, have said that or like big kind of monuments that is very much a bucket list get a photo, tick it off type thing, mm-hmm. post it on your social media. And so those yeah. are the ones that people usually say overrated because yeah. there's this big hype behind it. And originally there probably was some original hype because it is an iconic landmark for a reason. The Eiffel Tower changed the world. All of France hated it. They were like, this is a blight on our nation's facade. They thought it was so ugly in Paris. And yet, it became one of the great emblems of not only France, but our planet. So many people around the globe would recognize the Eiffel Tower, whether or not they know exactly where it is or have been. And so when you go to the Eiffel Tower, I think a lot of people feel that crush of people and they go, oh, this is so overrated. I have to wait in line. And like, I can't get a cool photo of it because there are crowds. So um, a place becomes overrated. Yeah, sure. When the hype is such that we have been waiting for a really long time and we go, like, mm. it was like when I watched the movie signs back in the day mm. and so many people have said, it's this really great movie and you're not going to believe what happens at the end is the alien movie with who was in it? Mel Gibson maybe. Yeah, Mel I finally Gibson, watched yeah. it and I'd heard it hyped for so long and I was like, Okay, well, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I understand that. Some of it is expectations. Expectations end up robbing us of joy so often because we build something up. And when it isn't exactly what we hope it will be, it's a disappointment. Even if it's better, we might be disappointed because we've spent a lot of energy making it out to be something else. So expectations are a problem. Overcrowding is a problem. And thinking, okay, I've been there, done that is, is a problem. But the, the monument itself will have a fascinating history if you don't just hop off of a bus, get a photo and get back on. It's so true. And I think a lot of people are disappointed because they see these places on Instagram and someone's photoshopped it to have no crowds in it or they yeah. put the right angle. <laughs> yeah. And they get there and True. they expect to feel like the person in that photo who has like the beautiful hat and they're looking so dreamy. Right? And they're like, huh, why don't I feel that way when I'm here taking my selfie? It's like, because that's not what traveling is. You like, didn't go travel, enjoy something. It's because you didn't travel with a hat bag with like 15 different hats <laughs> yeah. and a wardrobe change and a lighting person and yeah. you don't have someone professional yes. editing your photo photos and somebody doing yes. crowd control and so it's pretty easy to be disappointed when you show up and go huh this looks a little different yeah <laughs> yep it does and you know what i just never look that good in hats anyway so i've come to be <laughs> more of a realist where possible <laughs> hats are travel hats are overrated they get crushed and your head Especially, is sweaty they do get crushed <laughs> and also to be clear like that cutesy way of wearing it tilted back serves no purpose yes. it blows off in the wind it's not blocking your face from the sun it's just you know it's like any other fashion statement but let's not pretend that it serves a purpose other than to look adorable in your photo no, no i really care about my skincare. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, sunscreen is amazing for that. I yeah. tell you what, I've started using it. Thumbs up. Yeah, definitely <laughs> wear sunscreen, people. Yeah. Thumbs up. Okay, uh, what's the worst place you've ever slept on your travels? Anywhere that I had to sleep in transit on a cold floor, like at a train station, at an airport, anytime that I was in an eight person sleeper car on a train, like in India, where I had to guard my bags because I was like, well, I don't know the people I'm in this car with. Anytime where I was in transit, uncomfortable, gets a major like negative 100 point score because <laughs> we all need sleep when we're traveling and we've all had those nights while we're traveling where we we just can't get it that's so true i think sleep is underrated while you're traveling like everybody's like oh you can sleep when you're dead like you don't need to sleep while you travel i'm like yeah. i need a good night's sleep so yeah. i can explore yeah. the next day yes. christine is definitely a sleep ambassador <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love sponsored by sleep sponsored by z's <laughs> yeah. i I um I think a sign that I'm getting older is saying things like use sunscreen and I appreciate a good night of sleep. <laughs> I too love sleeping and I'm starting to really respect it. And I didn't sleep enough when I was younger. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so juicy. Why didn't I do this? So true. Yeah. All you need to do is tell the voyagers that you need to make sure you drink a glass of water before you go to bed after you've been drinking <laughs> and you are officially in like middle age mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should probably eat crackers too. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. And our last question, which is, I think we're only one, only one person has been brave enough to admit it, but have you ever pooped your pants while traveling? No, but close. <laughs> not while, not while traveling, but this counts. I was on a hike with my husband, bless him for this. I was, I don't know if I ate something bad the day before, but I actually got a call from a friend that a friend had been in a bad accident and suddenly it was like my stomach dropped and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be sick in the bad way. Are there people around? I have to get off this trail. And it was a really well hiked trail (laughs) in California. Oh no, we don't need to know which one. (laughs) Nope. 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 And I had to just hide in the bushes and be like, Oh my God, I hope my friend's okay. (laughs) You know, that terrible feeling. And I was like, Todd, I have no toilet paper. Uh, What am I supposed to do? He took his sock off from me. (laughs) Oh, that's true love. (laughs) Yes. And I don't even know if we were married at the time, but he still wanted to be partners. (laughs) Extra points for Todd. (laughs) Extra points. So like you can always show up for a friend or a loved one with a sock in ways that you might not have considered. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great story. (laughs) (laughs) Always always travel with extra socks just in case. (laughs) (laughs) socks. I mean, it is true that TP is lighter weight and takes less space, but we're not always prepared. Yeah. No. Especially if it's Corona time and the TP is yeah. out of stock. Yeah. Yeah. You can always you get know, a pair of socks. You can't. True. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> okay. Great story. So now that we're warmed up, let's get into your not so bon voyages. Yeah. So I'm sure you have a ton of crazy stories from your adventures. Um, let's start with the time you got food poisoning at the end of the world. Yeah. So speaking of getting a bad tummy, (laughs) (laughs) let's just roll right in. Yeah. It's a good segue. Yeah. We've all gotten a bad stomach at some point in our lives, whether you voyagers are at home and you put too much hot sauce on your pizza. I did that yesterday. (laughs) Or you've eaten something in another place and your body is just not used to the food. I 
flew and took so many buses and traveled so far to go on a solo trip to the Patagonia. I went to the far reaches of Argentina and I was going to be doing some solo trekking around an area where there's this beautiful, iconic peak, Fitzroy. And I mean, it took so many days and so many dollars and particularly out of my budget at that time in life to get there. And on the way, I went on a glacier tour and I met some people um, in an area called El Calafate. And they, these people on the tour were like, are you, you're traveling alone? Yeah, come get dinner with us. Oh my gosh, cool. I have friends. I'm like, cool, I'll see you there. <laughs> Maybe so I, I got to check in with my other friends first, yeah. but okay. Hold on. Yeah, I'll see you if I'm like free or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go check in with my hostel staff. Mm. See you if guys want to do dinner tonight? No, okay, cool. I'll go. You do not? Kill a wide plans anyway. So I met them at this, the, the what turned out to be kind of the nicest restaurant on the main drag in this small city. And, um, we met at 11 at night because Argentina eats dinner late. And so I ordered the local lamb, something that was like, this is the, the um, special dish for the day. And by the time the food was coming out, it was midnight. And they said, I'm sorry, miss. We forgot to tell you we're out of the lamb. Oh, and no. I was like, I've been waiting like an hour. It's midnight. Like, what do I do? So I said, well, what do you have readily available? And they said, we highly recommend the crab salad. Oh. <laughs> and you already know that's bad. I, I, I hear that. I hear that. You know, I was, sitting not, out all day. <laughs> I was not on the coast, guys. And it was not a cooked dish. And it had crab. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. And then by the next day, as I started my first hike, I was like, Ugh, something feels funny. Like, I feel really tired and, like, bad. I'm like similarly, maybe I need a bathroom, unclear. And by the time I got back down to my inn, the next, I don't know, 36, 48 hours, I was just dead to the world. I could barely get out of my bed. I remember looking out the window at this beautiful tip of the Southern hemisphere sunset at like 1130 at night. And it was this deep red and the sky was black. And I was like, this is all I'll see of Argentina. <laughs> I'll <laughs> and, take this memory um, with me forever. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up at one point going to the front desk of the inn and, and being like, I'm in my room and I'm alone. Uh, I ate something bad, and if I don't come down for checkout, can you check on me? Like, I'm Send inferring, like, maybe I will die alone. <laughs> and they were like, of course, but this guy overheard me, and he was like, I'm a guide. Of all things, I end up finding out he's this Peruvian ultra-running guide who leads ultra-running tours to Machu Picchu. Wow. Wow. He was probably 50, maybe 100 for all I know. He's an older man who's like ageless and brilliant shape. And he goes, come with me, takes me to the kitchen. And he's like, I'm leading a tour here right now. And he goes to the chef and he's like, get her some of the specialty. And it wasn't coca tea, if that's 
what anyone's wondering, because apparently <laughs> that's the thing that helps with altitude sickness and stuff is coca leaves. But mm-hmm. it was this tea called Kasha Mai. It was an herbal tea. He's like, drink this. It will feel better. And then this couple was like, you were on our bus in. Are you okay? We adopt you. And they were like, we're going to get you rice. And they went and got me white cheese, then Gatorade at the store. So this really remarkable thing happened. I ended up with this family in this teeny town of El Chaltain, which is like a couple of streets big, right? And I was so thankful to not feel alone anymore and to have people who were on their own vacations or leading tours, so they were working, um, say, this person needs help and we will help her. And so each one of them, I mean, I can still see their face. The The woman who was like, we're getting you um, rice, salt, and white cheese, and you can't say no. Like, this is mm-hmm. what you need. Your body needs it. We ended up being then on the same bus back to Buenos Aires, and she was like, I want to take you out for cake. And so then we met at a fancy cafe, and we were like, she's like, you're my daughter now. Um, and and it's crab cakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Thank you. (laughs) So generous. Um, So it's one of those prime examples of things are either a good experience or a good story later where whether I ever shared this story or not, for me, it transformed from this terrible, lonely, scary time where when you're that sick, you really do feel like you're going to die. It transformed into a moment where I felt like I had this new family. I felt so loved and can reflect back. And it makes me happy every time that I think of it. And um, it was a beautiful, beautiful time to learn to accept help. Um, just because I was a solo traveler who had you know, charged forth into the world to do like solo trekking, which in my head sounded cool. Um, <laughs> just because that's who I thought I was didn't mean that I couldn't be the softer version who needed help. Also, a lesson to not order the crab salad. Never order the crab salad. <laughs> <sighs> Terrible mistake. That, wow. that is such a mindset when you're traveling by yourself. You feel like you've got to do everything yourself. Like yeah. you like it's almost like how far can I push this just to prove a point? And then you kind of had that realization like what am I doing? Like why am I still like just pushing shit uphill just yeah. for the sake yeah, of it, totally. you know? And sometimes you you feel compelled to because you really need to because you're like, well, I don't trust my surroundings. I'm not going to let someone else carry my camera gear or whatever because um, I don't know them. But other times it's really like, I got this. And sure, there are moments where that serves you, but there are moments where you also miss out on beautiful opportunities to connect and to realize that you're a part of something and you're not obviously just there to see something, but to participate and to engage. Mm -hmm. And if someone's offering you a chance to connect and they're from there, or even if they're not from there, then isn't that part of the journey too? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like those times, those challenges are just like signs from the universe just to restore your faith in humanity and be like, wow, people are so kind and giving. Like I've definitely gotten sick when I was a solo traveler And you do want to just push through and not bother anybody and think like, I got this, you know, like I'm a hardcore backpacker, I don't need help. But then when you finally allow people to be there for you, you're like, wow, there's amazing people all over the world who are so generous. And it's a really nice life lesson. It is. And sometimes we have to be humbled. We have to be made very small to remember that sharing the load is 
one of the gifts of being human beings. Absolutely. I love it. Great story. I bet it was so beautiful down there, despite it being was. sick. <laughs> I've, I've gone back to different parts of Patagonia since, and, and I'm stoked I've gotten to see it while I'm upright. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, quick sidebar. Uh, that trip is also the first time that I tried to use a bidet, but <laughs> but hold on. I was like, what does this knob do? I'm like looking down and I kid you not oh no straight into my mouth the water just all in my face and i was like leaning over still fully dressed just like how do i do that how do i do this when i try it and it was not not what i planned yeah did you go back and tell someone did you say i couldn't get the bidet working but i got that mouthwash thing working <laughs> yeah water now, that, that water fountain is incredible yeah, it has such good water, water pressure is so fresh <laughs> that's hilarious a water floss yeah oh boy did that wrong <laughs> nice that's a good anecdote <laughs> Okay. You also mentioned a story about car racks and semi-automatics in Turkey. Love to know more about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like this is a story about trusting your instinct and keeping a cool head, neither of which I did, to be (laughs) clear. Now you know. (laughs) Now I know. The... um, Here's the scene. So I'll set the scene. So my friends and I, we, we uh, were seniors in college. We had the opportunity to go to Dubai to present at a conference, to present different research papers we'd done. And we were like, this is awesome because it's spring break and the conference paid for us to come over. So let's just hop over to Turkey for a few days too. And we went to Istanbul and it was amazing, beautiful. And we were three people and we all stayed in this little inn and we had a great time. And the final day, we were hailing a taxi from our hotel to get to the Istanbul airport. And we piled in, we put our luggage in the back and got in the car. And the driver's seatbelts weren't working. And we were like, oh, we really want to be in a car where the seatbelts work. Like, the, I was in the front with him. And he was like, it's okay, it's okay, stay in, stay in. We're like, well, we want to be like, you know, we knew we were getting Safe. on the really busy thoroughfares. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, it's fine. So he speeds off. And he's driving really fast. And he has all these religious relics hanging from his windshield. And he has family photos and pictures of children. And he is speeding and speeding. And then it starts to rain. And it is a downpour and he's weaving through traffic and there's a traffic jam and I'm like can you please slow down we don't have seat belts and he's like shh kind of thing and I'm like we like I can't be this close to the windshield with nothing stopping me with the dude going what feels like twice the speed limit and before we know it he clips the back of another car and spins out on a highway in a rainstorm and I'm just like boom into the um, dashboard. Thankfully, not further. And my friends slam into the back seats, and we're all like, Oof. "What the fuck?" Wow. And we're we're looking around, bewildered. And he looks up, and he decides to reverse it and just speed out of the scene. Oh my god! All right, that's one <laughs> way like, to deal with it. <laughs> so he keeps going to the airport, and we're like, "We want to get out." And he's like, "No, we're almost there." And we're like, "No, we don't want to be in this car. You just crashed." left the other vehicle 
we don't have seatbelts. Like we, we tried to get out of the beginning of the ride and he's like, no, I'm getting you there. <laughs> so he pulls up to the uh, terminal and we climb out in the rain and I'm like, I'm not paying this man for that ride. This like the car wreck and my knees are bruised and the whole thing. And I'm like to my friends, Kirby, Stephanie, like we, we need to just go into the terminal. And so I try to tell him I'm not paying for that. And before I know it, he has taken our bags and he's like going to steal them. And I have, I'm not a conflict type of person. I mean, humans are hardwired generally to not like conflict. So, um, I'm direct, but I'm, I'm conflict avoidant. I don't want to get in a fight. And this crazy um, part of me that I didn't know existed welled up and I got in the dude's face and I realized he was probably like my height or I might've been a little taller. And I screamed in his face, like from two inches away about, you will give me my bags. You will give me my belongings. Like you put our lives in danger. And all of a sudden dudes with semi-automatics all around us and he's yelling at them in Turkish and he's yelling at me and I'm like, he's trying to steal our things. And the long and the short of it is they say, pay the man. We just need him to get out of here. And we're like, Uh, fucking joking me. And they're like, you need to pay him and you need to just get on your flight. Yeah. The worst part, the insult to injury was that by the time we got into the airport, there was a big, 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 big tour bus tour group of Chinese tourists. And the somewhat remarkable thing about groups of Chinese travelers is it's like this amorphous sort of one being. They move so well together. It's like a school of fish. Or a flock yeah. of birds, those ones or that go in unison. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah. That all of a sudden, and they're these little, little old people. All of a sudden, we were first in line at security and we're like rainy and, you know, covered in water. And we're bruised and we're like, this is awful. And the men with the guns are still standing right outside. The whole, virtually the whole group of Chinese tourists just around us. And we're like, how are we at the end of a line now? Like, <laughs> oh, no. Does that make any sense? They all cut. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not fair. When one person cuts, we all cut. <laughs> yeah, it was, exactly. And I've had that happen more recently, too, in, in other places where, yeah, there's a, there's a line jumping um, scenario that happens that plays out, like, everywhere that a large tour group yeah. uh, might occupy. But... Um, you know, looking back, would I have done things differently? Yes. I would not have closed the car door in the first place for him Mm. to drive away from our inn because my instinct was something about this is not safe. I mean, the very obvious thing that was not safe is there's no seatbelt, but I think if he'd been like a cute old guy, I might be like, that seems fine. Something about it felt wrong from the start. I wouldn't close the car door. I also would not get in someone's face even if they were stealing my stuff, because I'm old enough to know now that my safety is not up for grabs. So if someone steals my stuff, it's a bad day, but at least I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fight over it. And at that time, I mean, I had so little that it felt like, mm, A, my things matter, and B, how dare he. Mm. But now... I'm not going to put my my life on the line for a suitcase, even if it has my only computer, you know? No. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a really, really challenging experience. And one of the scarier 
spans of time that I've had where it was all compressed, like one thing on top of another in this short window. Uh, we did get a good joke out of it, though. We ended up going to a Starbucks in the Istanbul airport while we waited for our flight. And the person behind the counter said, and what's your name? And I said, Rachel. And he said, Winter. And I said, yeah. <laughs> got my cup on the other end. And my name had been spelled W-E-A-N-T-U-R. Winter. Winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very creative spelling. My friend's from that trip still call me Wayne Tour. That's hilarious. That's a great Wayne Tour Wub Wall. <laughs> That's very creative. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We love to ask uh, our guests like a travel takeaway, but I feel like you really summed it up perfectly there as well, like trusting your instincts. And I think yeah. that that's a really important thing. And also like, so trusting your instincts and then, you know, you said like not getting up in that guy's face. And I think like when you're traveling – you need to understand that like things just happen sometimes and like you're not you don't have the same comforts and the safety that you do in other places around the world yeah. and you know everything could be different the way that the you know the policing and you know it's yeah. just like it's a good yep. it's a good lesson yeah there's been so many times when we've just stuck up for ourselves just for the principle of it and in the moment you're like this is not fair like I want to stick up for myself but it can lead to so much worse and sometimes it's better to just walk away and be like okay I'm just going to remove myself from this scenario and goodbye yeah you have an argument with a dodgy taxi driver who like is dodgy probably for a reason and he has dodgy friends and then like you find yourself in a situation where you're arguing over the equivalent of like three dollars mm-hmm. and it's just like this is silly it's not worth it yep. yeah. yeah especially if they know where they're dropping you off or whatever you know mm. it's like i had a really awful super shuttle driver in los angeles and he was like violently aggressive with everybody in the van and i thought and yet he knows my apartment number and my address. Like what, you know, what good could come of saying something to him yeah. or acting in the moment based on principle mm-hmm. when you're out of your element and out of your own country, the laws are different. The customs are different. And so to take what we believe to be the right and just course of action or the thing that's fair uh, could get us into a lot more trouble. And so just understanding that this is not, this is not our swimming pool. We might mm-hmm. have to learn to swim a different way. We might just have to get out. Um, yeah, we can't go to the pool today. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> the pool's closed. <laughs> yeah. It's, yep. yeah. It's a very sort of like ethnocentric view. And I think that, you know, we get used to that and, uh, you know, when that gets challenged and that's a great thing about travel is that it does challenge that and it teaches you these lessons. But when it gets challenged, especially the first time, and if you haven't got a lot of experience traveling, you're like, well, why can't it go this way? Like, I don't understand why it isn't like this. And then you don't realize that you're arguing with somebody who thinks the complete opposite way. And so, and, and you're in their world. Yeah. And, and what a, um, beautiful and fortunate thing to be able to exist in their space. This is their home. And so even if we think differently or disagree with the way things are done, it's not ours to decide. Absolutely. Very true. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing your stories today, Rachel. They were very inspiring and very entertaining. So can you uh, now pimp yourself out, tell the Voyagers where they can find you and any projects that you are working on? 
Thank you for a great conversation. I would say, Voyagers, first off, thank you for having this adventure with us and for tuning in to listen to the non-highlights from people's adventures. This is the stuff you don't see on the gram. It's the Instagram versus real life storyline. So thanks for joining us. If you want to follow along and see the Instagram as well as real life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do both as well. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're both there. Um, it's at Rachel Romes. So R-A-C-A. H-E-L-R-O-A-M as in Michael, S, on whatever social you're on. I'm on the gram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, and I, I just really dig the world. So it's always my goal to share the world with you on there, whatever the project is. So come say hi. Yes. And we love your travels and we love your stories. And uh, we'll be putting links to all your channels in the show notes and on the website so people can, can come and connect with you. Yes, and thank you so much once again for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. This is really fun. Thanks for having me. Well, there you go, Voyagers. Another Voyager chat for the ages. It's always great to have a chat with Rachel. Make sure you go to notsobonvoyage.com to find the show notes of today's episode, and you can find all the links to Rachel's social accounts and all that good stuff. And if you know anyone who has their own Not So Bon Voyage story, please reach out to us. We'd love to have them on the show. We're looking for all types of stories, adventure, travel, food poisoning, whatever you got. Whatever's gone wrong, we want to tell the story if it's a good one. And guys, before you head off for today, we ask you one more small favor. Review our show, follow us, subscribe, and uh, just keep the good times flowing. Until the next episode, guys, it's been great. Bye. Bye.